Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 52, Royal Rumble 1991. Friend versus foe. Foe versus foe. It's every man for himself. That's right. That's a long, a long one. And happy anniversary! It's our one year! Oh, okay. We made it a year! Yeah, we Woo! Thank you. I wasn't sure if you were going to keep it in. Yeah, sure, why not? Double it. <laughs> Royal Rumble 1991 was the fourth annual Royal Rumble produced by the WWF. It took place on January 19th, 1991 at the Miami Arena in Miami, Florida. Yeah, where else could it be? I mean, not Miami, Miami Oklahoma. I would have said Miami. That's what I said, Miami. The attendance for the show was 16,000 people. Ugh. It's over double. Over double. Of those last WCWs we watched. Oh, poor Sarkin. It's also like two days before my, what, fourth birthday. Ooh. Mm. Royal Rumble baby. You know what else happened around then? No, but you're going to tell me. Operation Desert Storm would begin two days earlier. I need those trading cards. We should check eBay. Get like a booklet. I wonder if anyone see, emailed us. Yeah, maybe. We're breaking kayfabe. I would not be upset. Yeah, I, 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 I had a mail call. I mean, you kind of talked about Desert Storm a little bit last week. Oh, well, yeah. I was like, is it Desert Storm? You're like, Desert Shield. I was like, well, it's Desert Storm now. It is but Desert it, Storm now. To me, now. when you think, you just think Desert Storm because like, I'm too young for this I mean, show. no one ever thinks of Shield because that's just preparing to go to war. <laughs> storm is actually the war, the war and missiles being blasted and all that mm, yeah not fun stuff no no totally not cool also whitney houston would perform one of the more famous renditions of the star spangled banner at the super bowl oh it's incredible the next week right before the buffalo bills would miss a last second field goal to lose to the new york giants oh when was the last time either of those teams uh were won a super bowl giants won one against the patriots i don't remember the year like post ninety nine, oh yeah, okay. I mean, it's been in the so last, the Giants were good in the last ten years. I just remember like I had a Drew Bledsoe jersey at one point because the Patriots hadn't been in the Super Bowl for a really really long time. Yeah, and then they got to the Super Bowl in like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety six, okay. something like that. And my dad was always he's from Massachusetts, so like as a little kid who didn't give a shit about football, I got that Bledsoe jersey, and uh, it was cool. It was fun to like hang out with my dad and his friends and watch the Super Bowl. Turns out. The only sports I like are fake. But, uh, you know, at the <laughs> time... That's not true. I didn't, Sumo's I, not fake. Sumo wrestling is not fake. Uh, that's true. But, you know, uh, I do not really care for team sports. I had... I wish I did. I, I think we had recorded this Super Bowl on VHS because oh, like, really? we were not going to be home or something like that. And so I literally watched this particular game many, many times because it was just a... It was a super cool game, and like, yeah, yeah, you know, the last second field goal miss and everything. What is football your favorite of like the three major like no, um, American is. sports? Oh yeah, you're a baseball guy, a baseball which is guy. rare. The baseball guys are uh, are fading, few and far between. I know. I think basketball has definitely been on the rise for quite a while, yeah. and football has been like 
kind of waning, but not really. I mean, they're all like billion dollar fucking you know exactly. like things. So it's really you know it's all apples. It's like yeah, it's, we're still talking about more money than anybody has that's being generated. But right, sure. well, let's get right to the show. We get a picture of the American flag while the national anthem is being played. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon narration over video of participants in the matches. The nasty boys. Before the logo comes on the screen. Uh, I wish I could do a Vince, but I can't. Cause That's pretty good. His is, is a little, it's like higher for some reason. And I don't have a deep voice by any means. And then Gorilla and Monsoon and Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, welcome us to the show. I'm okay with, with this team. As long as I feel, uh, I feel like Roddy is good, getting better. He's definitely getting better. He's fun, and Grill is there, so I'm happy. Also, the, it says the Fink on TV. It does. Say it doesn't good. say Howard Finkel. They say Howard Finkel, but then it says the, the Fink, Fink, and I love. I just love that. So that first match, the Orient Express of Kato and Tanaka with Mister Fuji. I thought it was Sato. They changed his name. It's a. New it's, a, it's a different or, guy? New Orient Express. Oh, okay, but so Tanaka's still there. Tanaka's still there, but, but Kato is it's, now there. Yeah, okay, it's Kato, not Sato. And or they, fr- didn't, they didn't change Sato's name to Kato because of Bruce Lee? Nope, okay. completely different Completely <laughs> different, different person. Hey, I've only seen a couple Orient Express matches. And they're facing off versus the Rockers of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. We've seen Kato before as Paul Diamond during AWA Super Clash 3. What a weird, uh, what a different name. Episode 23. He actually teamed up with Tanaka <laughs> at, in the AWA. So they just basically just rejoined the yeah. original tag mm-hmm. team that was together. Paul Diamond, incredible like pornography name. So Janetti gets attacked by Tanaka before the bell rings, knocking him to the floor. And then the Express double team Sean, hitting a double back body drop. Marty makes it back to the ring to dropkick Kato to the floor and delivers a super kick to take Tanaka down. The Rockers then hit a double press slam on Tanaka, go up to the top rope, but Kato pulls him out to the floor. So the Rockers with stereo tope suicidas to take everyone down on the outside. And you know, like, you know how important it is to, like, you know, start a show off good? This is good. Yeah, it's hard because we're always like, man... This was an okay start. Or, like, this was a pretty good start. But, like, here it's like, oh. This like, is a great start. You want, start. like, a singles, a fast singles match, good. A, like, kind of fast. But, like, this is a fast tag team match. Yeah. But every, everybody's good, so it's crisp, and everybody knows what's happening. Once everyone calms down, the match gets going with Kato attempting to back suplex Marty, but he reverses into a headlock. Janetti's running the ropes, Kato with the leapfrog, and Marty goes for the O'Connor roll. But Cato reverses for an attempt of his own. But Janetti holds onto the ropes to block and charges in. But Cato with another leapfrog and then hits a hip toss onto Marty's way back and grabs an arm lock. But Janetti reverses it into a head scissors. Mm-hmm. But Cato reverses it into a jackknife pin attempt. My God. But Marty bridges out into a backslide pin attempt for a two count. And this is when, like, sometimes you watch stuff and people start chanting. This is wrestling, and you're like, I mean, yeah, that's what we all paid the ticket price for. But like, this is a pretty good reason to do, to start that chant, I'd imagine. Better than some I see. Tanaka distracts Janetti, allowing Kato to gain control, and tags in Tanaka. Marty reverses an Irish whip, leapfrogs Kato, and causes the Orient Express to run into each other. 
The rockers are working on Tanaka's arm with an arm drag, coming off the top rope with an elbow, followed by a back suplex by Michaels. Sean is running the ropes, but Tanaka with a twisting cross chop to drop Michaels and locks on a reverse chin lock. Boo is where we get our boos. But Sean begins fighting back, but the Express get a blind tag as he, tana- as he tosses Tanaka to the ropes. Tanaka's running the ropes, and the Express almost run to each other again, but they stop in time. But Michaels gives them a double noggin knocker, a high knee, a snapmare, and a headlock to Tanaka. But he escapes and starts to run the ropes, ducking a clothesline, but Sean locks on a sleeper. But Kato flies in off the second rope to break up the hold. Michaels goes for a kick, but Tanaka catches his foot, then delivers a leg sweep and starts delivering chops. But Sean fights back with right hands, mounted punches. Kato and Marty come in to brawl, but the ref gets Janetti out. And Michael sees Kato coming towards him, so he moonsaults off the ropes onto him. Jesus. All four men in the ring with the Rockers Irish with the Express to the middle, where they do do to deliver right hands to that the Rockers. That do do I'm glad that your notes also say do do because that's what mine do. And I'm like, what do you call this? Because it happens quite a bit. The Express then Irish with the Rockers, but Sean leapfrogs Marty where the Express grabbed them for atomic drops, but both rockers flip over mm. and hit stereo drop kicks to send the Express to the floor. We get stereo cross bodies to the floor by the rockers. My gosh. And once back in the ring, the rockers would double back elbows on Kato. Michaels with the vertical suplex, but Tanaka breaks up the pin attempt. I love that the heels start with like the big stereo moves. At the beginning of the match, like right off the bat, and then like the American faces like halfway through the match do like twice the amount of like stereo moves on the heels. Just like, oh, this is intelligent. This is smart, and like this is how you keep people watching, get people excited. It's just like sometimes you watch a match and you're like, I don't know why I was so invested, and it's like, oh, because they did what wrestling is supposed to do. It manipulated me. By doing all the right things at the right time, it's like here's the math formula. It's like algebra. If like yeah, if you if you do it right, like you get the right answer. And I feel like that uh, wrestling is very similar to that, where it's like oh, there is kind of a formula to making it work. It's not there's a lot of them, and like you know you plug in the wrong number and it all falls apart. Like in like this long. This big long thing. There it's could huge be like algorithm. Yeah, it's like this big algorithm, and like it really is a format, and like something like this match kind of proves that. It's like yeah, just that alone brings you into it. It's like oh, we started here, amped up. You kind of already forgot about that. You don't even realize if you're watching it as a kid, or like you know not dissecting it that like yeah, they're the good guys are doing twice what the other guys did start the thing and I really like it and appreciate it Sean tosses Kato to the corner and goes for a monkey flip but Tanaka grabs him to snap his throat across the top rope the express begin working over Michaels including Fuji hitting him with the cane across the throat drapes him across the top rope so Tanaka can leapfrog over Kato with a splash across the back and we get a trap hold oh man the dreaded trap hold Irish whip to the corner where Sean does the flare flip to the apron, but Tanaka with a crescent kick to knock him back into the ring. The Express with a double clothesline, and Tanaka tosses Michaels to the ropes, 
but he ducks his head, allowing Sean to faceplant him. Cato runs in to knock Marty off the apron to stop the tag. The Express then toss Michaels to the ropes, where Sean ducks the Express, trying to give a belt-aided clothesline, and comes back to dive onto the belt, which causes the Express to headbutt each other, allowing Michaels to crawl to his corner for the hot tag. Marty with rights, scoop slams, drop kicks to both members of the Express, power slam, flying back elbow to Kato, goes for the cover, but Tanaka breaks it up. Kato reverses an Irish whip by Janetti. Kato goes for a hip toss, but Marty reverses and attempts a backslide, but can't get him over until Tanaka yes. with a kick yes. allows yes. Kato to pull Janetti over for the two counts. Uh, one of my just the most satisfying spots for me are like those tag team spots where it's like, oh, he's gonna he's trying to put him over, like trying to pull the guy over, trying to get his move in, and then the other guy comes in and finishes it. I get so much satisfaction out of that every time. Cato tosses Marty to the ropes, charges in with a clothesline that Janetti ducks, so Michaels grabs his boots, tripping up Cato. The Rockers with double super kicks on Cato. <gasps> Sean goes to the top rope where it looks uh, like they were going to attempt a rocket launcher. I know. But Tanaka kicks Marty's legs out from under him, which causes Michaels to fall to the outside. Cato with a body slam catapults Janetti into a chop by Tanaka. Ugh, so nice. They try for a second one, but Sean is back in with a right-handed Tanaka, so when Kato catapults this time, Marty flies over the ducking Tanaka with a sunset flip for the pin and the win. Uh, immaculate little finish. It's so smooth. we say added to the short list? Yeah, incredible, incredible match. Also, I do have this line, because is Fuji their, Fuji's their manager? Fuji's their manager. Okay. There's this really wonderful line by uh, Roddy Piper, who says, Fuji has seen uh, more ceilings than Michelangelo. <laughs> Pretty incredible. I don't remember when he said it in the match, but he says it, and I had to note it, because it is That's a good line. potentially the most intelligent thing Roddy Piper's ever said. Sean Mooney's then in the locker room with Macho King Randy Savage. And Macho King says, I don't care who wins the title tonight. I'm the number one contender. Hell yeah, he is. So Sean Moon is like, so you have a commitment from the Warrior for mm-hmm. that? And Savage says, I will in a couple of seconds. Yes, he's got a plan. So Savage points to a monitor mm-hmm. where he says we can watch Sherry bait the Warrior. Hell yes. We then see Sherry walking out to the stage in the crowd with Mean Gene. And Sherry's there and she says, I'm here to make a challenge to the Warrior. Public challenge. Baby. Slaughter's given his word that he will give Savage a title match. Yep. But I think Warrior's yellow from the top of his head to the bottom of his toes. Ah, Sherry's incredible and I love her. Warrior then comes out to confront Sherry. Sherry again asks for the title shot, but no answer. So she begins to seduce him, even Mm -hmm. going so far as trying to kiss him. Yes. She also gets on her knees and it's like, Kind of cringy. It's very cringy. It's like, ooh, it's like this is a little too much, guys. Also, Warrior's out here with his purple, purple belt. It's the and purple it, the, pur- the purple, and it's like, oh, man. It's perfect. It's cool. It's so cool. Warrior just starts shaking and yells, no! He goes all crazy face. Before, beats, beats that chest. Before leaving. 
It then cuts back to the locker room where Savage was. He's going mad. Yeah, throwing a fit. He ends up running out into the crowd, making his way to the stage where him and Sherry are just like... Yeah. Macho Man out. He yells at Sherry. I don't like that. Sherry's trying to help you, Macho. I don't think he's mad at her. He's just... He's mad at the situation. He's mad at the situation. Yeah. But, man. Still, like, that first match. It's like, so the show's over, right? It doesn't get better than that, does it? We don't need the rest of the show, right? (laughs) I mean... Thanks for joining us. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. We'll talk mm. to you next week. Yeah, we're going num- yeah. 91's done. Uh, the, I mean, granted, that segment was great. That segment was great. So it's, it's, yeah, it's real cool. But then we're headed off to that second match. We were just kidding. There is actually Yeah, there more is more show, show. But, like, I, that's how impressive that first match was. When it was over, my note said, so show's over? Because it doesn't get better than this, right? So that second match, the Barbarian with Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Big Boss Man. And then the story behind this match was that Bossman had been feuding with the Heenan family. Oh. Trying to take their main prize, was Mr. It? Perfect's IC title. Oh, okay. Heenan told him that he would have to go through the rest of the family to have a shot. And after eliminating Haku at the Survivor Series, he was on to the next step, the Barbarian. What if Heenan said, it's like, you can try, but it's going to be a hard time. Hard time. What a good song. It is a good Just song. doing hard time. So Bossman hits the ring. Everybody clears out. So he grabs Barbarian's fur coat. <laughs> but the ref steals it back and takes his nightstick so that Heenan's man feels safe coming back into the ring. The Barbarian's like fur coat look is nice. He just looks like some Viking trash. Barbarian's delivering right hands and knees till Bossman reverses an Irish whip. Hits a big boot and a back elbow to send Barbarian to the floor. Weasel. Big Boss Man follows out to continue the attack and runs Barbarian shoulder first into a ring post. Posted. Once back on the apron, Boss Man looks to suplex Barbarian back into the ring. But the Barbarian with an eye rake to escape and goes to the top rope, coming off with a double axe handle. But Big Boss Man hits him in the gut on the way down before hitting a clothesline to send both men over the ropes. But Bossman stays on the apron. Back in the ring, Barbarian tosses Bossman to the ropes and goes for a hip toss, but is blocked. So he turns it into a vertical suplex to take Bossman down. Barbarian with a short arm clothesline, but is too tired to follow up as he falls back into the ropes. Big right hand from Barbarian sends Bossman through the ropes, but Big Bossman's boot gets tangled up in him so Barbarian begins beating him up from the floor, helping him get untangled so he can slam Big Boss Man back against the steel post. Hell yeah. The Brain helps out with a cheap shot before Boss Man is rolled back into the ring, where Barbarian continues with clubbing forearms and a backbreaker for a two count. Barbarian locks on a bear hug and Big Boss Man powers out with chops to the shoulders. But Barbarian knocks him down with a thrust chop and multiple elbow drops before going back to the bear hug. Headbutts by Bossman, bites his face to escape. I love a face, uh, face bite. Goes for, face the, bait. goes for the Irish whip and goes for a big boot. But Barbarian catches him, so Big Bossman delivers an insecurity. <laughs> Which is uh, kind of wild. For a man his size, it definitely is. He's starting to look a little better here. His shirt still does not button up doll. He has like he potenti- still has his fat man shirt that he's wearing. He's, he's like, skinnier. but he's always it's like potentially boss man might have the worst gear of all time. It sucks. It's like it looks 
it's like a good idea, but he should come to the ring and then like take it off or something, and work in like maybe like a a onesie. I don't know if he. I don't know I if mean, he's gotten that slim yet. <laughs> I mean, he could do like the Andre, like you know, eh. with the one titty out. Boss man with an Irish. You're probably whip. right. We probably don't want to see Boss man with less clothes on. But it's just like it always looks weird and like it's holding him back. It looks like somebody wrestling in a like, you know. It's his gimmick. He has yeah. to wrestle in it. I know, I know, and it is a great like gimmick costume. It's just like when he's wrestling in it, it just everything he does feels. It's like when he does that head scissors thing. It's pretty impressive, but I feel like everything he does feels less impressive because of, I don't know. I'm weird about Boss Man. You just don't like Boss Man. I kind of like Boss Man. I kind of like Boss Man. Kind of. Boss Man with the Irish whip charges in, but Barbarian moves, sending Big Boss Man chest first into the turnbuckle, which allows the Barbarian to cradle him for a small package and a two count. Another Irish whip, Barbarian ducks a clothesline this time, but Boss Man does hit a falling rubber band slam. Mm -hmm. Barbarian tosses the ropes, but the two men hit heads for the double KO. Heenan's man's up first and goes to the top rope, hitting the flying clothesline for the pin. And no! Boss Man gets his foot on the ropes. Big Boss Man reverses an Irish whip, hits the Boss Man slam, and goes for the cover. But Barbarian gets a fingertip. Yeah, the fingertip is a very nice, very nice like touch. It's just like, ah, right out of reach. Barbarian with an eye rake hits a pile driver and goes to the top rope, coming off with a crossbody. But Big Boss Man uses the momentum to roll over on top for the pin and the, and the win. win. Sean Mooney's then in the locker room with Sergeant Slaughter and General Adnan. And Adnan's yelling in a foreign language before they cut to a shot of Slaughter just staring intently. Sarge then says, if you think there's turmoil in the world today, just wait till I defeat the ultimate puke to become champion." Then you will see turmoil. Ultimate puke, your weeks are no longer numbered. Your days are no longer numbered. Your hours are no longer numbered. Your seconds are numbered. Yeah, there's a lot. I really love his line reading of the word puke. The way he says puke. puke. It's like that nobody else can say it quite like he can. It's pretty great. We then go to Mean Gene in the back with the Ultimate Warrior. We are going to do a reenactment, okay, as we okay. always do. All right. And Michael is going to be Gene. Warrior, who's going to be giving the orders tonight? The orders you give, Sergeant Slaughter, only followed by deaf ears. Followed. For I, Sergeant Slaughter, give no orders. <laughs> I only take them. Not from you, Sergeant Slaughter but only from the warriors that ride upon my back. What about the turmoil he causes? The turmoil you have created is nothing but a grain of sand in the desert. A desert where a foxhole will be created that will lead you down to defeat. Sand foxes. What kind of leader would Sergeant Slaughter be? My warriors... Would never, could never lower themselves to look up to someone like you. The only ones that would follow you are those that are demented. I walk into this battle as the ultimate champion. I walk away 
as the ultimate victor. You know what my big problem with that is? Is that he said ultimate victor and not ultimate warrior. Because how badass would it have been if he said ultimate warrior? I walk away as the ultimate warrior. It's like, I am who I am and I am the winner. That's pretty badass. So we head to that third match of Sergeant Slaughter with General Adnan versus Ultimate Warrior for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Can you believe that this is the third match? Because I couldn't. I mean, the Royal Rumble is going to be the main event at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So I get it, and I understand why they put a match in between, even though that match is not good. Spoiler alert. I mean, I just don't understand. Number three? How warrior, How could Warrior ever get over? <sighs> I mean, whatever. I, just, see, I was surprised is all I'm saying. We see a Were you gun? not surprised? Not really. No. Really? I was like, I was, okay. Not, it's not that I was as surprised as, I, as much as I was like disappointed and kind of annoyed. It's like, what? You, you don't even care. Like I said, it's not going to be the main event at the Royal Rumble. No. The Rumble's no, the main event. No, it's not. So where, where do you put it? I say it's either not on the show or the champion is in a tag match against basically uh, somebody that is a contender with another, you know, heel with them or whatever. It's not great, but like... So you just don't have a championship match? Yeah, yeah, you don't have it because the Royal Rumble sets up the, the championship match in the future. It- doesn't it at doesn't it does at this point it doesn't that's true at this point it doesn't at this it's, point it's, it's does just not. a it's just a match the royal rumble is just a match yeah that is true at this point it's just weird and i don't and i felt weird about it but let's see how uh, either of us feel about it. this match that's happening now sergeant slaughter Ultimate warrior so we a we see a gomer is a traitor sign <sighs> in the crowd which is a reference to full metal jacket exactly Warrior runs to the ring. Slaughter and Adnan go for a flag-aided double clothesline, but Warrior ducks it twice before hitting a double clothesline of his own. Yeah! A right hand sends Sarge to the floor. A clothesline sends the general to the floor. And Warrior breaks the flagpole across his knee and tears the flag up. It's great. Good, good, good shit. Slaughter's back in the ring, and Warrior hits him with the broken flagpole. An Irish whip followed by a flagpole-aided clothesline and starts stuffing the flag down Sarge's throat. Oh my gosh. Before another Irish whip and a knee lift. So cool, right? You're into all this, aren't you? It's a great Just start. checking on you. Great start. Just checking on you. Warrior slams Slaughter's head against the turnbuckle and begins to choke with the flag and hits a back body drop. Irish whip to send Sarge chest first into the turnbuckle followed by a clothesline before another Irish whip that Slaughter does a flare flip. To the floor. Sherry comes running down to ringside. Hell yeah, she does. While Warrior continues to choke Sarge with the flag on the floor. Sherry's pissed. She was humiliated by the Warrior. After rolling him back into the ring, Warrior with multiple shoulder blocks running the ropes and Sherry grabs his foot. Hell yeah, Sherry. Do you think? Warrior begins to stalk Sherry up the entryway when Savage comes out of the shadows with a clothesline. Fuck yeah. Macho King runs Warrior into a guardrail, throws a lighting rig onto him. Oh my god, the lighting rig. Before so running to the back. Oh, I love wrestling. The ref is making the count, but Slaughter keeps stopping him from completing it. Because he wants to win it in the ring to become the champion. Yeah. But that's like, that Macho run-in is kind of like peak WWF run-in. It's incredible. They already set it up. It happens. 
and it's I'm so fucking in. Warrior finally makes it back to the ringside, so Sarge goes out to throw him back in the ring. Slaughter starts to work over Warrior with kicks, clubbing forearms, a backbreaker, slams his head into the turnbuckle, tosses him to the rope, but misses a clothesline. But on Warrior's way back, they give each other a clothesline Ugh. for the double KO. This match is so good that in my notes it says, did Jim Cornette book this shit? Because <laughs> it's fucking wrestling. Sarge with the bear hug once they're both up, but the Warrior escapes with chops to the neck followed by a body slam after the crowd fires him up. Slaughter right back on the attack with multiple elbow drops to the back, a backbreaker, locks on the camel clutch. (gasps) But Warrior is under the ropes, so he has to break the hold. Hell yeah. Sarge starts celebrating, but the ref is explaining it to him when the Warrior begins to ultimate up. Ultimate. Ultimate. Right hand, multiple clotheslines, flying shoulder tackle by Warrior. Sherry comes running back down to ringside. Hell yes, she does. Carrying the king's... Scepter. Scepter. <laughs> where she jumps up onto the apron. Warrior sees her, drags her into the ring by her hair. <gasps> Don't you do that. Picks her up and press slams her no. onto the arriving savage on the outside. I'm saying no, but everybody else in the crowd is saying yes. I just am a big fan of Jerry and Warrior. She's but pretty scary, they're so doing, I'm okay she's, with it. But she's so good. Sarge with the high knee from behind, choking Warrior across the ropes. Macho King grabs the scepter and hits the Warrior over the head. Slaughter then hits an elbow drop for the pin. And the win? I fucking lost it. And no, new! No, no. Like, I wasn't even ready to say and new, or like, I'm like, oh man, I really loved this match. And I. Was still surprised so were, at the so end. So were you with the crowd when they were yelling, Bullshit! Bullshit! Uh, I will say, yes, because I'm not, it's not common for WWF to run a heel champ. So I was a real surprise that they gave a, they put the belt on Slaughter, third match into a big ass show. It's crazy. Yes. It's like, oh, you guys, yeah, obviously you don't give a fuck about Warrior, right? Or does, we're we're gonna or is Warrior gonna win it back? I don't know. I I, I said the reason is because of the war. Oh, I, mean, I know why. We're gonna, yeah, t- we're gonna talk that. more about that later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally got it because, like, yeah, that's the intelligent thing to do to like, you know, Continuous sell sell stability. sell some tickets and shit. But but I was still surprised. We then see an ad for WrestleMania Seven. We're going to L.A. We are going to L.A. Man, that match is so good. That, why Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter shouldn't be that good? But it was fucking awesome. It was a really fucking, good match. It's fucking so cool. Like, like, yeah, that's fucking, that is wrestling. So we go to our fourth match. We got Coco Beware with mm-hmm. Frankie. Yes. Versus the Mountie with Jimmy Hart. Yeah, Coco looks good as always. We like Coco. He's just a little short. So, he so probably we've get seen over the Mountie before. Mm-hmm. It is Jacques Rougeau. Ah. And the last time we saw him was one year prior at the Royal Rumble 1990. I miss, I wish the Rougeaus were, had to do, got to do matches with people like, you know, the Midnight, the, like, the Rockers, you know, the Hart Foundation, like, in a real way, because I really like the Rougeaus. 
And that was episode 41, if you want to go back to the archives and <laughs> yeah. take a look at that. I just like, yeah, I, I think the Rougeaus were good. So the match gets going. Coco's using his speed early on to frustrate the Mountie. Wears tosses the ropes and ducks a back elbow and turns to hit a dropkick. And Mountie rolls out to regroup. Again, tosses the ropes. Mountie with a pair of leapfrogs goes for a third. But Coco stops to deliver a right hand and a hip toss. We get a bird's eye view of the arm lock that oh my has applied. Frankie Vision. Until the Mountie starts throwing hard right hands. Coco charges in at Mountie, but he back body drops the Birdman over the ropes to the floor. The Mountie's kicking wear, keeping him from re-entering the ring. Jimmy Hart is jumps on the apron to distract the ref while the Mountie goes to the floor to continue the attack before rolling him back into the ring. The Mountie locks on a skull vice basically a claw. Yeah. And we see Jimmy Hart taunting Frankie on the outside as the Mountie rams Coco's head into the turnbuckle multiple times. A flying back elbow by the Mountie starts choking Ware and tosses Coco to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing the Birdman to go for a sunset flip for the two count. I love there's a spot where Jimmy Hart is like yelling at Frankie and telling him to look at Coco as Coco's getting beat up. And it's just like him like... Yelling at a bird to look at it's, it's, it's fucking great. it's really good. It's, it's very great. funny. Mountie then throws Ware through the ropes to the outside, giving a high knee to him when he gets to the apron. Once back in the ring, the Mountie goes for a pile driver, but Coco hits a back body drop. Mountie's right back on the attack with the snapmare, kick to the gut, and tosses Ware to the ropes, but again ducks his head, allowing Coco to hit a swinging neckbreaker. Mountie tries to respond with a big boot, but Ware catches him and spins him around before hitting a headbutt, yeah. a flying headbutt, and a, a body slam. Yeah, well, scoop slam, body slam, same thing. Coco climbs to the top rope, hits a missile dropkick, and it's, goes for the cover. It's like a Mario dropkick. <laughs> it's like he basically steps on his head. It's really good. But Hart distracts him. Mountie then comes from behind with a double axe handle, but Ware moves in time and goes for an Irish whip. That is reversed, but Coco jumps on the second rope, coming mm. off with a crossbody. Looks incredible. For a near fall. Where's then running the ropes, he ducks a clothesline and leapfrogs a ducking Mountie, but runs into a Mountie side choke bomb Ugh. for the pin and no win. Side choke bomb. I wrote like clothesline neck slam because I was like, I don't know what that was. I mean, it looked like he grabbed him by this choke and then basically did a yeah. power bomb type move. Yeah, it was cool, but you know, I wanted I wanted the other guy to win. But it was a nice little match. But we're building the Mountie because he's a new character. Yeah, but you know, Coco doesn't really mean anything. And I wouldn't mind seeing him mean something, that's all. We then go to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Macho King Randy Savage and Queen Sensational Sherry. And Mooney says he's never seen a more heinous act from Savage and Sherry. And Savage says, no one says no to Macho King. You should have made the commitment to make me the number one contender. Let him cry. Let him cry. Hell yes. All of a sudden, there's noises in the background like someone's trying to knock the door down. I wonder who it is. (gasps) Who could it be? So Macho and Sherry run off. Gorilla and Piper then are starting to discuss Warrior and Savage. And then we go to the back, and Mean Gene's there with Sergeant Slaughter and Junior Adnan. Sarge says, while everybody was aligning with the ultimate puke, puke, I was digging in. 
I will take whatever I want. And then Adnan celebrating in a foreign yeah. language. Yes. I don't even know he's actually speaking a different language. I can't really tell. I have no clue. I mean, he's he actually is Iraqi, so yeah, he, he yeah. probably was. Who knows? Grill and Piper then start getting heated about Sarge. And Piper has this line. Oh, no, 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 no. Stick it in your nose. And you slaughter your <laughs> son of an unnamed <laughs> goat. goat. And I'm giving a bad name to a goat. You can take it and stick it in your ear. Because you wouldn't hold on to it for long. It's open season on Sarge now. So nobody will be holding back. No, of course not. We then get a video package of well-wishers to our troops overseas. Yeah, it's, you know, it's all the guys. We then get pre-recorded comments from some of the competitors in the Royal Rumble. Like Jake Roberts, Earthquake, Greg Valentine, Texas Tornado... Legion of Doom, Hawk says, if life is like a roller coaster, then you don't want to take a ride on either of us. Yeah. That was a funny That's movie. very bad, but I like it. Brother Love and The Undertaker. Uh, Brother Love's good. like, 29 plots have been dug. The Undertaker will bury all 29, 29. and the only thing they will be doing is... R.I.P. Well, he says rest in peace. Oh, I wrote R.I.P. in the notes. Rest in. Peace. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, <laughs> the model Rick Martell, British Bulldog, Mr. Perfect with Bobby the Brain Heenan mm-hmm. and Tugboat. Everybody basically says, we're going to win. Yeah, yeah. Nothing specifically specifically great. The model only looks better as time is going on. Like, as every show, it's like, oh, the model is becoming more of a thing. Where it's like, oh, he looks better. He's got a better haircut. He's more, I told he's you more you cut. Like his character. Like, oh, yeah. You were totally right. I was like, Matt's full of shit. I was like, nope, you got it. It's good. Gorilla and Piper start talking, Ted DiBiase and Virgil. And then Sean Mooney's in the locker room with Million Dollar Man, DiBiase and Virgil. And DiBiase says, everybody wants to know why Virgil wipes the sweat from my brow. Why does Virgil polish my shoes? Why does Virgil clean the dung off my shoes? Why does Virgil massage my feet? Come on. Why does Virgil absorb any form of treatment that I feel fit to give him? I don't understand it, Virgil. Get away. He grabs money out of Virgil's hands and says, This right here is why. Fuck you, DiBiase. Virgil's looking pissed the entire time. yes. Fuck fuck DiBiase. And then DiBiase says, There's a bond thicker than blood. And that bond is the money of the million dollar man. Headed off to the fifth batch, American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Dustin Rhodes. I know. It's, I was like, oh, cool. And But he doesn't stick around for long, does he? Not in the WWE. <laughs> not here. When he, yeah, uh, like... Not, not, it, not for... He'll be back, though. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Is this, like, the only time that he is um, Dustin Rhodes, like, in the WWF? WWF? It might be. Yeah, I, I think, think he so. took a break from the gold dust thing like once for a small amount of time, but like, like was in. Oh, I don't, Dustin but I don't, Rhodes is gold dust. I'm sorry, I'm very in the lead game. here. Gosh. <laughs> My gosh, I mean, we all know Dustin. Yes, Rhodes. of course we do. Gold dust, but they are up against the million dollar man Ted DiBiase and Virgil. We get to see Virgil in the ring. You've been calling. You've been asking for him. Like, why is Virgil in the ring? Virgil's got a good look. You get to see it now. Big and buff and bald. So there was a story behind this match. 
Dustin had shown up to watch his old man at a Saturday night main event, but DiBiase would start slapping him around. So Dustin challenged Million Dollar Man and would last 10 minutes in a match against him, which was what the challenge was. Yeah. DiBiase tried to pay Dustin off to get him to quit early, but claiming that he could be bought just like Virgil. Is. Yeah, really nailing in the the, the Virgil uh, stuff. Because Million Dollar Man, had there had been vignettes being run where it showed DiBiase forcing Virgil to clean his shoes and, and his other, other humiliating things yeah. over the, the next few weeks. And Virgil would become slightly more defiant each time, but DiBiase would whisper a secret into Virgil's ear. You think it was just a, a number? Probably. <laughs> and it would cause Virgil to cave in and just go ahead and do the humiliating yeah. thing. So Virgil's, Virgil's breaking. So, as the bell rings, Million Dollar Man and Virgil attack the roads. They go for Irish whips, but Dusty and Dustin reverse them to send DiBiase and, and Virgil into each other. Classic classic tag start. Multiple elbows to the head from Dusty. Big right hands from Dustin to cause Million Dollar Man and Virgil to regroup on the outside. DiBiase tells Virgil to get in the ring and take them out. Dustin's tossed the rope ducks a clothesline and comes back with a flying clothesline and a drop kick to send Virgil to the floor. Million Dollar Man goes to check on Virgil, slapping him around to get his head in the game. Come on, Million Dollar Man. Virgil with a knee lift, clubbing forearms. Dustin starts running the ropes and Virgil hits a leapfrog, goes for a monkey flip, but Rhodes stops and stomps Virgil. Elbow to the head and a clothesline to send Virgil over the ropes to the floor. DiBiase's scalding Virgil again, telling him that he's embarrassing him in front of everybody. <laughs> so he tags in, saying, I'll show you how it's done. Million Dollar Man tosses Dustin to the ropes, hits a clothesline, and slams his head into the turnbuckle. We got chops, back body drop, a falling fist, another toss to the ropes, but ducks his head this time, allowing Dustin to faceplant DiBiase. Million Dollar Man is then ping-pong elbowed, between the roads. I like this. It was very... It was it was cute. A little heartwarming. A little elbow spot. Until Dustin does the dusty roll into another elbow to the head. Dusty's in, taunting DiBiase, hits him with chops, and more elbows to the head before tossing him to the rope and locks on a sleeper. But Virgil breaks it up. Dustin, with a drop kick on Million Dollar Man, goes for the cover, but again, Virgil breaks up the pin. Virgil goes for an Irish whip, and, but Rhodes reverses, charges in with a high knee, but Virgil is moved, so his knee is hurt, not even able to walk. DiBiase and Virgil start working on that knee, ramming it against the ring post several times. Million Dollar Man grabs hold of Dustin, and Virgil goes for a clothesline, but Rhodes moves, causing DiBiase to be knocked down. You can see Virgil is visibly upset. He did not mean to hit Million yeah. Dollar Man. But DiBiase isn't having any of it, and starts throwing right hands and knees. Throws Virgil to the floor, which gives Dustin time to make the... Hot tag. Dusty's in, rights and lefts, Irish whip, splash to the corner, another Irish whip, and charges in with an elbow. But DiBiase moves, cradling Rhodes for the pin, and, and the, the win. win. Man. Post-match, Million Dollar Man grabs a mic. Everybody has a price. And nobody crosses the million dollar man without paying that price. 
DiBiase calls Virgil an idiot, tells him to put the million-dollar belt around his waist. So Virgil grabs that belt, gets in the ring, and then all of a sudden you see a beer come flying in, <laughs> hitting Million Dollar Man as Virgil drops the belt to the mat. DiBiase tells him, need I remind you about your family, about your mother? Rough. So Virgil picks the belt back up. Hell yeah. But then knocks Million Dollar Man over, and the crowd is loving it. Oh yeah, I I was uh, I feel like we haven't seen trash in the ring in a while. It's been a while. I mean, normally, like I guess in the earlier uh, episodes and stuff, there was you know you'd see see more heat from from the crowd. Beer can was pretty well timed considering what what went down after this. But it felt good. It felt good for Virgil to finally you know stand up for himself and take out that weasel. This would be Dusty Rhodes' final pay-per-view appearance. I wonder if he shows up anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know where else he could go, right? Who knows <laughs> where else he could show up. We then go to the back Mean Jeans there with Hulk Hogan. And Hogan tells us that he's not worried about the other 29 men in the ring. He's dedicating this match to all our boys over there in the Persian Gulf. If I was Hulk Hogan, I wouldn't be worried about the other 29 men either. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. I don't think I'd be worried about much of anything at this point. Mean Gene then interrupts Hogan as he's getting an unconfirmed report that Slaughter has just defaced the American flag. I like how he's just like, like from earlier in the show, or he's just getting a call, like, you know, and, and getting, an ear, getting an earpiece, and it's like, yeah. Slaughter's back here in the locker room, pissing on the flag, like, what, like nonsensical and very funny hogan says stealing the title is one thing but defacing the flag is going too far brother his title reign will be like saddam hussein's reign temporary which i thought was a pretty good line yeah yeah it was not it was by no means a bad hogan promo we then go to the sixth match the royal rumble match main event Mm -hmm. this is the reason we come (laughs) It's the yeah, the half of the pay per view. Yes. About, I mean, it's probably about a third of this one. Yeah. They made it about a three-hour show, and this it was like an hour. It goes about an hour, hour and ten minutes or so. And uh, we will make that much shorter for you. Yes. (laughs) We hope to make it much shorter. So Piper tells us the rules of the match. There are no rules. Just chuck them over the top rope. Oh, that's such a great way to do it. I always feel like that's my thing with gimmicks. It's like, if you can't tell me in like, you know, if the elevator pitch is a paragraph, like, what are we doing here? If I have to have three minutes of rule of Tony Schiavone reading rules to me, uh, yeah, it's not successful. No, no. It's, uh, it's just like, how do you expect anybody to buy into that? Gorilla kind of continues telling us every two minutes, another contestant will come out until all 30 have been called. Has it always been two minutes? Yes. Okay. But I don't know if you were to take a timer to it, if it actually oh, is well, two yeah, minutes. Oh, well, yeah, I'm aware of that, for sure. But I just mean, like, is it always two minutes, or has it ever been three minutes? I think it used to be, like, three minutes before the third person came out, and then they did two minutes. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. It it's, doesn't you gotta matter. Keep, we got to streamline here. Exactly. Piper streamlined it for us. So Throw them over the top. First entrant was Brett the Hitman Hart, and the second entrant is Dino Bravo with Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. at ringside. 
Match gets going. Bravo's using his power early on, shoving Hart to the ropes. But Brett comes back with a forearm and a drop kick. Dino goes for a clothesline, but Hitman ducks and gives an atomic drop and a clothesline to send Bravo dangling over the top rope. So Hart tries to push him the rest of the way over, but Dino holds on. Because he's really strong. Strongest man in the world. Sure is. Eye rakes, chops, inverted atomic drops, more stomps from Bravo, hitting a body slam and goes for a jumping elbow drop, but Hitman moves. Brett is then tossed the rope and Dino hits the side slam. Number three is Greg the Hammer Valentine. Aren't you glad that he doesn't have to, you know, do the do the honky tonk fake guitar stuff I was anymore? So happy. I'm, I'm just happy for him. Greg Valentine. The gimmick is he doesn't have one. <laughs> so Valentine comes out, hits double axe handles on Bravo, who looks stunned that Hammer would go after him. And kind of the reason behind this was Valentine had been accidentally hit with Hart's megaphone earlier in the month. Oh, so okay. Hammer would uh, would attack Jimmy Hart on that show. Yeah. So there was still some bad blood there. Jimmy Hart then jumps on the apron yelling at Valentine. So Dino would clotheslining from behind and goes to slam his head on the turnbuckle. The Hammer blocks and reverses before picking Bravo up and chucking him over the top rope. And Dino Bravo is eliminated. Well, you know. Not surprising here that Dino's the first to go. Are you disappointed? I'm fine. I'm it's a good choice. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather have him than Valentine. Exactly. Jimmy Hart's still in the apron yelling at Valentine, who picks him up and dumps him on the ground, allowing Hitman to recover, who hits an inverted atomic drop, a clothesline, and an attempt to dump the hammer, but can't quite get it. Also, it's a good excuse for um, Jimmy Hart to leave. It's true. So I like that too. So number four is Paul Roma, one half of power and glory. Slick coming out with him. Roma goes right after Brett, double team elbows by glory and the hammer. But then Roma starts going after Valentine as well. Hitman with a double noggin knocker, but the two men recover to try and get Hart over the ropes. Number five is the Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Eric. Tornado goes right after Roma and Valentine with discus punches. Hart with the body slam of Glory, followed by a second rope elbow drop, but Roma moves. Glory hits a drop kick on the tornado and saves Valentine from Hitman. Number six is the model, Rick Martell. Martell's right in after Brett, and the five men are brawling, trying but not succeeding in getting anyone over. <laughs> Sledgehammer from Valentine to Von Eric. Roma with a clothesline to the model. Number seven is Samba Simba. Yeah, it's like the first time I saw Samba Simba. And also the first time we've seen the man who is Samba Simba, right? It's not the first it's time. It's not. Samba Simba is a.k.a. Tony Atlas, who we last saw at WrestleMania 2. Was he billed as Tony Atlas at WrestleMania He was two? billed as Tony okay. Atlas, and he was in the NFL WWF Battle Royale. Oh, Royal. I forgot about that. Was but, he was he a wrestler at that time? He was or was a wrestler. He, I was yeah. a, or a football player. He was a wrestler at that time. I mean, I don't know if Tony Atlas was he a bodybuilder guy. He was. Yeah, okay. It's like I don't know if he played football, but but that's all the way back in episode seven. If you want to go back in the archives, where old, where's old TA been since then? I have out in some no territories, fle- flexing, uh, all greased up for trying to win some uh, medals, hanging out with Arnold. Possibly. Who uh-huh. knows? I don't know. 
Samba starts pounding on everybody. Tornado with a discus punch on Martel. The model goes for a roundhouse, but Von Eric ducks and hits an atomic drop that has Martel dangling over the ropes. But Roma makes the save. Tornado with another discus punch, but Glory ducks, so Von Eric locks the claw on Roma in the corner until Glory escapes with an inverted atomic drop. Number eight is Bushwhacker Bush. Boo. <laughs> I mean, the crowd doesn't feel that way. That is personal. The crowd is very hot. The kids do the thing. Crowds are crowds doing the arms. Just yeah. Is there a name for that? Um, Other than dumb bushwhacker march. Yeah. There you go. Simba picks up Martel and goes to chucking, but the model holds onto the ropes, and Samba goes over to the floor, but Martel stays on the apron. So Samba Simba is eliminated. <sighs> Sorry, Tony, but it was you know a nice little. Uh, you know, he'll he'll move on Martel. You got a payday. Yeah. Butch then hits a double noggin knocker on Roma and Valentine. Number nine, Jake the Snake Roberts. Hell yeah. This time he does, there's no Damien. He doesn't have time for Damien. Doesn't have time. Yeah. Robert goes right after Martel. Left hands, gut buster, face plant, short arm clothesline, calls for the DDT. Hell yeah. But the model rolls out of the ring where Shane McMahon tells him to get back into the ring. Oh yeah. I saw Shane out there. The snake follows out into the floor, chasing after Martel, but the hammer grabs Roberts as he gets back in the ring, hitting multiple elbow drops. The model is hanging out on the apron when the snake finally gets away from Valentine and starts pounding on him again. Martel's hanging on for dear life, even though he went through the middle rope, so it didn't make any sense why he just like just dropped down. Yeah. You're not eliminated. But Roberts is biting his hands. And, but the model recovers <laughs> and makes his way back into the ring. Number 10 is Hercules, the other half of power and glory. Hercules immediately makes a save of Roma and they double-team Butch, while Hart gives a backbreaker to Martel. Discus punch from the tornado to Herc. The model ties up Roberts in the ropes, but Von Erich makes a save. Number 11, Tito Santana. Reba. Roma goes for a clothesline on the snake, but Roberts ducks, and Glory goes flying over the ropes to the floor. And Paul Roma is eliminated. Tito picks up the most never-ending feud known to man as he attacks Martel. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Strike Force broke up at WrestleMania 5. Was that, that was that April 80, 1989. 88. 88. Episode 28. Do they never have, like, a, a blow-off match? They never... Have it. Like, not even on TV? They may have had one on TV. But, but like, you know, yeah. But they, they it's kind of like, it's, well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Dino thing where the world's strongest, it's, like, they I mean, never gave it up. I mean, yeah. granted, since it's not as big of a deal because uh, Jesse's not here anymore, but so it's like not as prominent, but it's still, that happened even before Strike Force. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Strike Force, and I feel like they could have been a team a little longer. Number 12 is Undertaker with Brother Love. Undertaker hits the ring and hit, hits a headbutt and a double choke to throw Hitman over the ropes to the floor. Yes. And Brett, the Hitman heart, is eliminated. I know. I was like, fuck. Like, so Taker's in here and like throws out the best guy in the ring. Yeah. When does Percy show up? I know Brother Love is like the first manager. I think... I think by SummerSlam, I think. Okay, so it's pre- it's pretty quick. Brother loves it out. Yeah, 
Just curious. We get a discus punch from Tornado, but The Undertaker no-sells it. Number 13, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. And Undertaker tosses Butch from the ring, so Bushwhacker Butch is eliminated. Thank you, Taker. Undertaker with an atomic drop on Von Erich goes for a mounted chokehold in the corner. The dead man begins to choke Valentine when Tornado jumps on the back with a sleeper. So the hammer goes to the second rope and hits an elbow to the head. But the Undertaker retaliates with a double noggin knocker. This was a fun, that was a fun, fun little spot. Number 14 is the British Bulldog. <gasps> and the last time we've seen him was way back at Survivor Series 1988. Where's he been, like Japan or something? Uh, Canada, Japan, him and Dynamite Kid have broke up. They've kind of gone their separate ways. And and so, uh, but Survivor Series 88 was all the way back in episode 22. So go back yeah. to the archives and mm. listen to that one if you haven't. Yeah, it's because we know that the two of us love Survivor Series. Yes, you listen to it. <laughs> we'll just keep, yeah, we'll, we'll keep moving yeah. forward. You're just lucky we don't skip Survivor Series altogether. Double axe handles from Martel to Roberts. Bulldog with an atomic drop on the model. Snooka with a headbutt on Taker. Number 15 is Smash. One half of Demolition. Yeah, I feel like Demolition's like rudderless now. Like he didn't, he didn't feel like he got a pop or anything. And like not too long ago, Demolition was the jam. I just kind of expected a little bit of something. Mr. Fuji comes out with him. Martel charges into a boot from the snake in the corner. Well, I guess they're heel. he's heel too. Cause he's got Mister Fuji with him. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, about, Mr. Mr. I Fuji. forgot they brought LOD in and then like turned, you know, demolition heel. Smash tosses Bulldog to the ropes, goes for a press slam, but Davy Boy floats over to deliver a clothesline. Roberts goes for the DDT on the model, but he drops out of the way and rolls to the floor mm. once again. Still one of my favorite spots in all of WWF at this time period is just people avoiding the DDT. Just like rolling rolling away from it. Martel's on the apron when he grabs the snake and snapmares him over the ropes to the floor. And Jake the Snake Roberts is eliminated. Ooh. So we didn't get one DDT? Nope. That's crazy. Normally, you always, like, even if Jake loses, you get your, your post-match DDT. Not this time. Snooka double noggin knockers Hercules in the model. And number 16 is Road Warrior Hawk, one half of the Legion of Doom. Hawk starts going after everybody until everybody gangs up on him. <laughs> you got to. Hercules and Valentine getting their heads slammed together by Hawk. Tito with mounted punches on Undertaker and T Tilly delivers an inverted atomic drop. We should have done, next time we get to a Royal Rumble, we should do a uh, over-under bet for the amount of atomic drops. In the in the in the match and like we'll keep account. I'm gonna go with 14 is my guess. I mean I write them you, all down. You, you, I love the atomic drop. Yeah, it's, I mean this is kind of the year of the atomic drop. I feel like too. You do. What's your guess? There's I 30 did, people. I did 14, which is probably kind of low. And we're talking for next year. Oh, for next year. For yeah, for I mean not next year for us, but next year the next Royal Rumble. I'll go 18. 18. I'll okay. Go 18. Well. Hopefully we'll both remember that and uh, keep counting. Some foreshadowing. Smash is trying to live up to his name, smashing Snooka's head into the turnbuckle, but it's blocked <laughs> and reversed. Number 17 is Shane Douglas. Matt, it's your boyfriend. I love Shane Douglas. I know, you're a big Shane Douglas guy. 
We haven't seen Shane Douglas since... What was it? One of the AWA Superclass shows or something? A JCP? Clash of the Champions 9, episode 35. All right. Well, welcome back, Shane. Does Shane Douglas ever have a gimmick outside of just being uh, a wrestler? Uh, he comes back to the WWF at one point, and he's the dean. He's like a college professor. When is that? Late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, uh, okay. So when when it's like peak, peak, because we're about to get to like peak gimmick time, yes. like here in the like early 90s, and then it happens again in like the Attitude Era. Yeah. Where you get your uh, your Godfathers and your Val Venuses and plenty of others. APA. Oh, uh, APA rules. Tornado goes for a discus punch on Taker, who ducks and then tosses Von Eric over to the floor. So the Texas Tornado is eliminated. <gasps> no. Hawk hits a double axe handle on Snooker from the second rope and then tosses him over the ropes. Yeah. So Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Snooker didn't last eliminated. last very long. Not very long. Douglas comes off the second rope, but Smash catches him, ramming him into the turnbuckle. Shane and Tito with the double clothesline on Martel. Smash slams Hercules' head into the turnbuckle. Hawk with the clothesline on Hercules. And number 18 is... No one comes out. They stick their head through the... Doesn't somebody stick their head through the curtain? I didn't see anything. And they didn't say anybody came out. Really? I thought... Huh. I thought maybe somebody stuck their head out, but I might be remembering wrong. Either way. So nine men in the ring brawling. Grilla and Roddy tell us once the two minutes has come up that if 18 hadn't come out by then, he's forfeited his spot. So Yeah. Roddy Piper makes a joke about uh, 18 being legal. <laughs> and that two minutes is up, so number 19 is Road Warrior Animal, the other half of the Legion of Doom. Animal with axe handles on multiple people. Legion of Dune start attacking the Undertaker, but he grabs them for a double choke, but they kick out, hitting a double clothesline to send Taker to the floor. I know. I wasn't... I mean, I guess this Taker thing's really fresh. He doesn't get, like, skyrocketed. I mean, you can't put him yeah. too over. No, I mean, he already... He put Bret Hart out, so that already, like... I mean, he had- Three or four eliminations. Yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, that's a pretty legit one to start with. Yeah, exactly. but yeah. And also, how do you not notice the guy with? Is he the most outlandish gimmick at this time? Probably. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a dead man. I mean, at this point, he hadn't been called a dead man. He's no, just a mortician, I guess. Yeah. When does he wear? Doesn't doesn't he wear a dumb mask for a minute? No, I don't think so. Really? Maybe. maybe <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. Surely we'll, we'll get see there it. at some point. Yeah, Undertaker is eliminated, and Shane McMahon is on the outside trying to get him to go to the back peacefully. And Taker responds with a look that says, "Okay, but one day I'm going to kidnap your sister and force her to marry me." <laughs> God damn it! I love you for that. Hercules in the model then clothesline Hawk from behind to send him over and to the floor, and Road Warrior Hawk is eliminated. Douglas with mounted punches on Valentine. Tito has Martel teetering on the brink, but the model hangs in there. Animal with mounted punches on Herc. And number 20 is Crush, the other half of Demolition. Valentine's been in there for a minute. Valentine and Rick Martel have yeah. been in there quite, quite some time at this point. Because Valentine was like number three, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Demolition teams up on Bulldog, hitting a double clothesline. 
Douglas and Valentine team up on Martell with chops and shoulder blocks. And number 21 is Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. Oh. I couldn't do it with feeling. I mean, of course, Duggan gets a huge pop. Starts but pounding on how Smash. I feel about him. Runs the model's head into the turnbuckle. Shoulder blocks crush, choking him in the corner. Martell jumps off the middle rope, but Animal catches him in a bear hug, but escapes with a thumb to the eye. Bulldog jumps on Crush's back with a sleeper. Number 22 is Earthquake. Hell yeah. With Jimmy Hart coming back out. Earthquake and Animal pounding on each other. Road Warriors toss the ropes and ducks a clothesline, delivering one of his own, but it just staggers Quake. So Animal gets a running start for another, which knocks Earthquake to the ropes. Tries for a third, but Earthquake back body drops him out of the ring. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And Road Warrior Animal is eliminated. I mean, yeah. I I think we both like Earthquake. I, I like, him I, I like Earthquake more than, than I, I remembered thought, him. I, like, I like him a lot more than I thought I would, because I'm just like, oh, he's just a big guy. But, like, for being that big, he's definitely an athlete. Granted, as time goes on, we just see more and more agile big men, but for the time period, like, he's not... He's not agile, but he's just... But he's, compared to, like, Akeem the African Dream or something like that, like, he's, yeah, he's athletic, Whereas Akeem the African Dream is uh, fat. He's just a fat man. (laughs) Duggan challenges Quake, gets his head slammed in the turnbuckle multiple multiple times and choked. Number 23 is Mr. Perfect, with the perfect towel toss to Bobby the Brain Heenan. How mad are you about what they did to Mr. Perfect? Still. I'm still mad. Every time he shows up, I'm just like, what a wasted opportunity. Did you see the towel toss? Towel toss is cool. Like, Perfect, like, throws it up, and he usually Heenan catches it, like, in front of him, mm-hmm. but for some reason, I guess they were walking quickly, so Heenan had to, like, like Heenan just, like, threw a hand behind him <laughs> and catches it, like, no reaction at all. He's yeah. just like, eh, whatever. Bobby Heenan's just no, no sell, <laughs> the, towel, the towel catch. Hacksaw Irish whips Perfect hard into the turnbuckle, hits a clothesline. Duggan charges in for another clothesline, but perfect with a back body drop to send him over. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan is eliminated. <sighs> so satisfying. Tito with the clothesline of perfect. Earthquake gives an elbow to the head. Number 24 is Hulk Hogan. Bum, bum, bum. So everybody's doomed. I would just like for him to just jump in the ring and be like, just get out. And everyone <laughs> just like jumps out. Yeah. I'd like to see him do something cocky like that, and then they all just, like, you know, surround him like a mob, and then just, like, all lift him up above the head and toss him out together. Everybody high-fives, and then it starts over. Smash attacks Hulk as he gets in the ring. Hogan retaliates with the big boot before tossing Smash over to the floor, and Smash is eliminated. Hulk going after Quake, mounted punches, but Perfect makes a save, attacking from behind. We get a Hogan chant. Hogan. Hogan. Number 25 is Haku. Oh, I love Haku. As he gets in the ring, Hulk back body drops Valentine over to the floor. And Greg the Hammer Valentine is eliminated. Oh, I think I feel like I jinxed you. He was literally a minute away from having the new longevity record. Really? Yeah. Who has it? It was Ted DiBiase last year. Oh, okay. At the moment. Martell then tears Hulk's shirt off, starts choking him with it. But Hogan picks him up with a chokehold of his own. Model with a double axe handle off the second rope to Haku. Earthquake picks up Perfect with a double chokehold. Number 26 is Jim 
the Anvil Neidhart. Santana's throwing lefts and rights at Quake, but he retaliates with a headbutt and tosses Tito to the floor. And Tito Santana is eliminated. We now have ten men brawling away. And number 27 is Bushwhacker Luke. He comes marching down to the ring with mm-hmm. his Bushwhacker march, climbs in the ring, and Earthquake immediately grabs him, throws him to the outside to be eliminated in four seconds, where he just continues his Bushwhacker march that's right awesome, back to the bat. Uh, that, that's a nice little touch, but... It was you know. supposed to... I think it was supposed to be the quickest elimination... Ever, or whatever. But the Warlord from the first Royal Rumble is still the quickest, because like, literally Warlord like stepped into the ring and then like got big booted out of the ring. <laughs> Number 28 is Brian Nobbs, one half of the Nasty Boys... Which we just saw. I know. Like two weeks ago. Yeah, crazy. Like, anyway, that was like our second time we saw the Nasty Boys in WCW, right? Yes. And then, like, saw them there twice and they're already hanging out over here in, uh, in, uh, they had that great match with the Steiners a yeah, couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I was having a fun with the Nasty Boys. I'll see, uh, see, see how we feel about them over here in the WWF. Nobs is throwing punches at everybody, but everybody then teams up on him. Hercules choking Nobs on the ropes, but the Nasty Boy starts retaliating with right hands before dumping him over the ropes with a back body drop, and Hercules is eliminated. Number 29 is Warlord. Clubbing forearms, axe handles all on Bulldog by the Warlord, crush with mounted punches on Hogan, but Hulk just throws him off to the outside. So there's like mounted punches in the corner. Yeah, yeah. And then just Hogan just like, get off me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am kind of glad that like Hogan's not just like, just like basically just like pushing absolutely everybody out. Like I'm glad he didn't like come in and like clear the ring and then like pose and wait for people to show up. So like, you know, that's kind of nice yeah. that he's actually like in there and actually not like just like no selling and shit. Crush is eliminated. Perfect and Warlord start double-teaming Hulk with chops, but Hogan moves, so Warlord takes a perfect chop. Warlord reverses a Hulk Irish whip, misses a clothesline, and Hogan comes back with a clothesline to send Warlord over the ropes. So Warlord is eliminated. Number 30 is Tugboat. That makes number 18, who didn't come out, should have been... Macho King Randy Savage. Yeah, that's what I think. I feel like I, he sticks sticks his hat or whatever, but, you know. So Tugboat goes right after Earthquake. Anvil with a shoulder tackle of Perfect and clotheslines him over the ropes. But Perfect hangs on, rolling back into the ring. Off camera, Nobbs throws Douglas over the ropes. So Shane Douglas is eliminated. Not even on camera. Tugboat with a double choke hold on Martel, but he escapes with eye rakes. Hogan slams Earthquake's head on the turnbuckle. Bulldog with a back elbow on Knobs. Hulk with a huge chop to knock down Perfect. A double Naga knocker on Haku in the model. Mounted punches on Tugboat. But he turns the tides by picking Hogan up and ramming him into the turnbuckle. <laughs> hitting multiple splashes in the corner before lifting him over the ropes. But Hulk is able to land on the apron. So, I thought that him and Tug were buds. I did, too. I was like, why are you attacking? I mean, I know it's every man for himself. Uh, yeah, but, but you figured, like, you know. It's Hogan. Like, yeah. And, like, Tugboat, is, is, Tugboat is just a, uh, like, only exists to, like, sell toys. 
Like I said, face is doing heel shit. Yeah. Hogan rolls back in, walks right over to Tugboat, and tosses him over the ropes <laughs> to the floor. And Tugboat is eliminated. Perfect climbs to the top rope, but Bulldog hits him in the gut to crotch him, and then hits a drop kick to send Perfect to the floor. And Mr. Perfect is eliminated. Neidhart goes for an Irish whip, but Martell reverses and tosses Anvil over the ropes. And Jim, the Anvil Neidhart, is eliminated. Bulldog backbody drops a charging Haku over the ropes. Haku is eliminated. Damn. Knobs and Quake double-team Hogan. Martell with a second rope double axe handle on Bulldog. The model with a scoop slam goes to the top rope, but Davy Boy shakes the ropes to crotch Martell and then clotheslines him to the floor. The bottle, Rick Martell, is eliminated after 52 minutes, Damn. 17 seconds. Good on you, Rick. Which would be a new longevity record. So our final four is Brian Nobbs, British Bulldog, Earthquake, Earthquake and, and He Hogan. Who Will Pose. He Who Will Pose. Nice. Uh, he will. I, I guarantee it. Kind of a weird last four, don't you think? I thought so. I mean, two of the four makes sense. Earthquake and Hogan? Yeah. Yeah, but like British Bulldog, good for him. Brian Nobbs, good for him. They're both like... They're new. new. Back. Yeah, one's back and one's new to the company completely. Exactly. Bulldog starts being double-teamed by Quake and Knobs before being tossed to the floor, and British Bulldog is eliminated. The two with the double clothesline on Hulk, Knobs starts dropping elbows on him, Earthquake with a splash, and the two men high-five. Hell yeah, I love a good high-five spot. Quake then hits the butt splash and is sitting on him, but when he gets up, all of a sudden, Hogan is (gasps) hulking up. Oh no. The orange goblin with the double clothesline. Big boot to send knobs over the The orange ropes. goblin? Oh. Duh. Sorry. I was like, I was like, who's the orange goblin? Hulk Hogan. I get it. Brian Knobs. Copy me off the card, but I was like, a cool, cool nickname. <laughs> right hands. Big boot to stagger quake. More right hands. Gets him to his knees when Jimmy Hart jumps up on the apron and Hogan knocks him back down. Hulk goes for the body slam, but Earthquake falls on top of him. I know. They could just, just pin him here, but, you know, that's not how it works. Quake with multiple elbow drops, a power slam, where he goes for a pin, which <laughs> makes no sense. Come on. So Hogan starts hulking up once again. No selling Quake punches. Yeah, shaking the head. Yeah. Finger wag of doom. Uh, yeah. Right hands. <laughs> yes. Big boot. Mm-hmm. Body slam. And a clothesline to send Quake. Over the ropes to the floor. He, he did it all. Hulk Hogan is our winner and the first two-time winner of the Royal Rumble. All Hulk, true. Hulk then grabs some signs from the crowds. One saying Hulk rules, peace in the, the Middle, Middle East. East, and Saddam and Slaughter will surrender. And then, like I said, Hogan must pose. He who will pose. Before will grabbing pose. an American flag, waving it in the ring. All while Gorilla says the goodbyes. So, Michael Temple. Yes, Matthew Claxton. What are your overall thoughts of Royal Rumble 1991? Uh, Everything up to the Rumble is pretty solid. It's, like, really, really fun. Had a blast with it. The Rumble is a little lackluster. There's not really any big... really big spots or anything it feels it just feels kind of undercooked like because we saw it that it was getting better 
like you know. Yeah, we like, like we liked nineteen nineties. Yeah, and 91s by no means because they had they had a lot of storylines that they used in it. Exactly, and this one just kind of feels like it happened because it really because they had to because it had to happen. There's really only two storylines in this entire one. That was the yeah Robert Smartell storyline, which was ended like halfway through the match. Yeah, and then Earthquake and Hogan. We're, have, we're feuding forever at this point it feels like and i mean that was the finish mm-hmm. so i mean it just yeah it was it was just a little flat it wasn't terrible but like if i were to ever watch this show again i would stop at the rumble because i'm like oh well i've seen it and it was fine but the rest of the show is like honestly something that would be fun to rewatch because i really really liked i just remember being like this is all good and the way it was like set up and like programmed like when when they did the the way that they like put in the long promos and everything like it was just felt like it was immaculately like programmed and then the rumble was fine i watched this show many times growing up like, oh you did this was i understand why probably one of my first ones that i ever watched because well, I, I, rem- I remember the box i mean perfectly. It, is it the is it the that poster that's like one of the best posters ever yeah it has all the all the characters like walking towards you and everything. Yeah, like down the street. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the kind of the it's like that Drew Struzan style. Like looks yeah. like you know a, yeah. looks like a exactly. hand painted yeah. movie poster. Great, great stuff. I used to rent that D or that VHS, VHS tape. Yeah, all the time. It is. Yeah, I mean, how could you do? If I was a kid and I didn't even watch wrestling, just that cover alone, it's like I gotta see this. Exactly. And I gotta admit, I still love this show. Oh yeah, I love the show. I'm just saying that the, I think the weakest thing on the, the show is the, Rumble, is the Rumble, which is weird because it's the Royal Rumble. But like the rest of the show is incredible. And a lot of the problem with the Rumble is they had too many people in the ring at one time for yeah. a lot of the match. Because it started out there, okay, there, but there then were many once times you get... when there were nine to ten people in the ring at one time, yeah, and it's like you don't really have a whole lot of room to do anything. No, it's other... just people, you know. Other than just kind of like like punching me, each other, yeah. Hit, let me act like I'm trying I'm to push you push over, push you over the ropes, yeah. and everyone's just kind of hanging out and waiting for the next person. It was yeah. just like it just okay. wasn't a very crisp rumble, considering that the last one was an, a huge improvement, and this one was not a really an improvement on the last one. And also, I mean, you probably could tell Hogan. I'd rather in, have... in my in my retelling of the of the match. Yes, it was very obvious. That Hogan was going to win, mm-hmm. especially after Slaughter beat the Warrior. Yeah, because even if you don't love the WWF using the war as an angle, I mean, and that's it, wrestling, baby. It makes sense. Yeah, and it's actually really good storytelling. Of course, because who is the guy that everybody wants? Like, so yeah, who's who's the guy who's that's the most yeah, over- prayers, prayers and vitamins like the most American American? Yeah, who's the real Amer- American? Exactly, it's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and you now have this that's war like, going on. Legitimately, what he's there for? <laughs> like, it's just you got to do it. So like, I that's how you make money. Like, I literally had this thought. You can fantasy book all day, but like wrestling only exists to make money. Basically, I had this thought about fantasy book. I was like, what if the war hadn't happened? Like, what if we don't go to war? Does Slaughter's probably not as probably as doesn't go big heel. of a heel? Probably, probably, yeah. Probably doesn't. He's yeah. He's probably not even a heel. He, probably. Yeah, he probably he could he could just pull like a 
boss man and just be like Hogan's buddy. Exactly. But you have that part, but does Warrior Warrior probably doesn't lose to Slaughter and they probably have Warrior and Macho Man fight until WrestleMania, which that's what they're going to do, but now instead of it being for the belt, it's going to be there'll be other stipulations yeah. at WrestleMania, but Warrior and Savage, Savage yeah. will face each other. I'm excited for that. Which will be a great match, but it could have been for the belt. Instead. Yes, which would have been really cool. But instead, we know that winning the Royal Rumble didn't win you anything, but we know that Hogan will face Slaughter. Yeah. Because Cause, cause Warrior, Warrior he's the Warrior real awesome. American. Yeah, who's going to do know, it, man? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So it's just kind of funny how the history of WWF was affected by the real history of yeah. mankind basically. <laughs> yeah yeah you know? of the yeah of the united states uh for sure good Where, where's the smart marks at all right fuck you i think it's time we spark it up so what were some of your favorite moments best moments uh, of this well, show uh, every single thing that macho man did really bummed he didn't show up in the rumble oh man that the sherry the sherry warrior promo is incredible i think it's Possibly one of the few times that you could put something on best moment and like worst moment. <laughs> What's why worse? Because it's so because awkward, it's just so cringy. cringy. Yeah, but I mean that's because like they but were because, they were known for that because Sherry is so good at her role. That She's the best. Is the reason why it's cringy. Yeah. Like Sherry, she's she's the she's the greatest. And uh, yeah, it's like two people that are like that good at promos that teamed up together. Like is. It seems unnecessary, but here it's magical. Like her, her and Macho Man is so good. Rockers. The opening tag match. I th- we said it when we when we were talking about the match. It's very possibly going to be it's on our, short. Best, our best of list. It's oh, on yeah. the short list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a long match too. It's like almost twenty minutes. I mean, they gave him time, mm-hmm. and I mean, they probably could have shaved a few minutes off because there was a few. Yeah rest spots that they probably could have cut out, but I never felt like it hindered the match. No, no. Not at all. I, I liked it, it never dragged. No. It was, it, was a, it was the best match on the show, right? Definitely. I mean, like, Definitely come on. Like, match. yeah, it's completely obvious. But, like, yeah, Bossman Barbarian was better than it had it any right to be. It was better than it had any right to be. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, everything that happened, I was into. Even the Mountie and Coco Beware was fun. I mean, it was a extended squash match yeah. for Mountie to get over. I yeah. don't know if it actually did its job, but I do remember that. I mean, his I think, finisher was a cool. I don't know if it was cool Gorilla or Roddy that when Coco basically like jumps on his head because he gets like too much air on like a drop kick. Made a Mario reference, which I thought was pretty funny. Did you know there was a dark match? Yes. It's Jerry Sags, yeah, the, the other, other na- the other nasty boy. Versus Sam Houston, my boy Sam Houston. Yeah. Out there, you know, just uh jobbing it out and bumping for everybody, I'd imagine. That's exactly what <laughs> How about most disappointing on this show? I mean, it needed to happen, but I'm not even mad about not Hogan. mad about I'm it. I'm not mad about Hogan I'm not, winning. Not it. mad about it. Because I guess, I guess I'm. I would say that if you were to go back down the list mm-hmm. of the 30 people that were in the Royal Rumble, like Hogan, Earthquake, Savage should have been in the should have yeah, been in I it. Wish we, but I there's wish... a storyline reason why he's not there, yeah, so I'm okay yeah. with it. 
But then, who's the next best person that possibly perfect? Perfect's the IC champion, so yeah. maybe him. Um, uh, you know, Roberts. It's it's. I mean, is we know Roberts it, the yeah. fifth fifth biggest name in the in the Royal Rumble? I don't know. I mean, Duggan is over. Yeah, I mean, but Duggan possibly. It's it's. They it did was their, just one of those like they did the right thing. Like I'm not disappointed that he won. I'm just would say the biggest disappointment is just that the match was kind of blah in general. I agree. So I like agree that would that. be it. Like Hogan's got to win here. I knew that. I can't be too mad at this point because it's just like the smart thing to do. I mean, they did give us the fake out a little bit with earthquake falling on top of him. Yeah. On the body slam. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, well, maybe maybe earthquake's gonna because he had already hulked up. What if Earthquake did that and then he just like did a five count himself, King Kong Bundy style? But it <laughs> I mean, doesn't he, matter. He did go for the pin. <laughs> yeah, so. he definitely did. But I mean, it would have been nice if he would have just picked him up and thrown him out. But that would have extended the feud. And and does anybody want to see more Earthquake Hogan? No, not really. Like, I, mean, I mean, it's fun for the, it's fun here, but yeah. it's like yeah. I mean, they just they just build guys to give to Hogan. Exactly. And that's where Earthquake is a perfect perfect uh, perfect guy for that. Where he did it. How about best performer of the night? I mean, uh, Macho. Yeah, Macho, the Macho, Savage, Savage promos, and then he'll Macho, Sherry, and all four guys in the tag match. But as far as like entertainment value, like Savage and, and Sherry, it's like, oh man. Yeah, they were great. Anything surprising on this show? I was surprised the nasty the nasty boys. Yes, I was. I was. I was like, we had literally just, just seen them, yeah. and it seemed like they were getting a good push mm-hmm. in WCW. I mean, I didn't. I knew. But what happened basically is they forgot to sign them to a contract. Oh, and so and WWF kind of just like swooped in, and was like, "We got one for you. We got one for you." The surprise. I mean, the like slaughter. Winning the title off Slaughter. Taker I mean, in the fourth match. Is... It wasn't even before the like. It wasn't even before the Rumble. What do you mean? It wasn't before the Rumble. Like it wasn't the match before the Rumble. They always put a match in. Be- they used to put matches in between yeah. to kind of let the crowd would, like piss break. Piss break. Get you, go get yeah. yourself a hot dog. Now you need to go get a uh, a Slaughter T-shirt because he just won the title. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that everybody wanted a slaughter T-shirt after that. But I, I, mean, I, I totally forgot about the slaughter winning the belt. I that, know exactly. That's totally, the most surprising thing. Yeah, that purple, beautiful purple belt. I doubt it's purple next time we see. I doubt it too, but it's just a cool thing because they don't do that for they don't do that super often. Like you know, no, get a, a special title or whatever. But the purple purple belt's cool. We think we got all the surprises, right? And like, yeah, Shane. It was Shane Douglas, Bulldog was like, showing up. Bulldog, I mean, yeah. I guess knobs, knobs, and Bulldog being in the final four was kind of surprising. yeah. That was I was like weird final but four, cool. but yeah, I wasn't mad about it. The like I said, the the real good stuff's good, but the Rumble was mostly fine. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. The National Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship was created for the NWF promotion that ran out of the New York, Eastern Canada area in the 1970. Such wrestlers as Ernie Ladd, Abdullah the Butcher, and Jacques Rougeau would all hold the title at some point until Johnny Powers took the belt with him on a tour to Japan. 
powers would face off against Antonio Inoki at the World Title Challenge Series on December 10th, 1973. Inoki would win that day, and the NWF Heavyweight Championship would become the first major NJPW title. Antonio Inoki, born in 1943 to a businessman and politician, but the family would fall on hard times post-war. So his family would move to Brazil, where he would meet Rika Dozen. He would make his professional wrestling debut in 1960 in the Japanese Wrestling Association, while training in the dojo with Giant Baba. These two legends would dominate the JWA tag ranks for the next 10 years. In 1976, Inoki would face Muhammad Ali in the most famous wrestling bout that led to the creation of MMA. For all of his accomplishments, Inoki is a member of the NJPW Professional Wrestling, WCW, WWE, and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fames. Next week, Wrestle War 1991. Yep, all aboard the tank. We're going to war. We're going to war. <laughs> I remember hearing something recently about the Muhammad Ali Antonio Inoki match, and I like there was like one undercard match, and I remember can't remember what it was. But I remember Stan Hansen and Vader. Yes, and I was like or that, Stan Hansen and uh, Bruno. Is it? Yeah, Bruno San Martino. Music from this week's show is the theme song from Royal Rumble 1991. And if you happen to think it sounded familiar, it's because it is. Because it was also the theme song from SummerSlam 88 and 89. <laughs> okay. Nothing like repurposing music. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of songs that we've listened to many, many times. A lot of times. Hogan won the main event. Hogan must pose. And we must play. Real American by Rick Derringer. We are what we are, and we are real Americans. If you like us and you want to let other people know all about us, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us with any questions, comments, concerns at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com, or you can always find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's Wrestling H I S T O X. Talk to you next week.